Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. So before we get started, just by way of introduction, I want to just talk a little bit about hair, and then we're going to go into uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, hair is one of the only, uh, hair is one of only a few things which can immediately inform other people about our gender, our age, our politics, our religion, and our social status. In fact, I was just reading today uh, Donald Trump got into it with somebody and um, he, he made some sort of real kind of funny comment about this guy. He says, you know, this guy, I don't even trust him. He wears a mustache, you know. And basically he was saying, you know, most people that are operate at this high caliber don't have mustaches. So even there you could see where some people, of course, uh, wrote off what he was saying. But he's pretty right. You don't typically see... Uh, politicians and not in the military, you're not allowed to use a mustache at any point. So you could see how that hair of all kinds, facial, the hair on your head, all of it um, makes very strong statements. Uh, whether we like it or not, hair allows others to evaluate us uh, without having to even get to know us. Um, now, being that we can manipulate our hair so quickly, it is perfectly suited for being the first thing we choose when attempting to make a nonverbal statement about ourselves. You will notice that when people want to come out and make some sort of declarative statement about their life, be it good or bad, one of the first places they'll go to is their hair. Now, if a person wanted to signal that they had undergone an ideological change or transformation, their hair would be the easiest and least expensive means of doing so. It's a lot easier to get your hair cut or to grow it out than it is to get a new wardrobe, right? Sure. So uh, if I wanted you to know that I'm now uh, this very happy hippie, uh, it might take me a few days to save up uh, to get some Birkenstocks, and or if I wanted you to know that I'm an angry whatever, it might you know it might take me a few days to get my my military gear and and go around, you know, uh, yelling slurs. But I can cut my hair right away with just nothing more than a pair of scissors. I could stop brushing my hair right away. And already just, uh, even if you don't brush your hair, you're making a statement by not brushing your hair. There's like a whole crowd of people who don't brush their hair. And they're making statements by those things. Um, it's rather strange. Uh, I think this goes without saying, most Christians today will not talk about hair, period. Uh, the bulk, many, many what we would call denominal Christians, don't talk about hair. And it's actually rather strange that they wouldn't. Um, of all people, of all people, you would think that Christians would take the position uh, that hair is actually significant. Why? Uh, I'll tell you why. Because hair uh, is, uh, hair is actually something that only humans have. Um, 
even mammals, like animal mammals, uh, even animal mammals don't have hair. Um, only humans have a protein which is called uh, keratin. And keratin is what's responsible for, for producing hair. And I want you to stop and think about this. When God created human beings, he put a protein in us that produces hair. Animals have fur. All right. But when God created us, he put this protein in our body called keratin and it produces hair. And it actually and as you'll find out in a second, it actually uh, differentiates us from all other creatures. When God created human beings, he said, I'm going to put something unique in you that doesn't exist in all other creatures. And that, that one of those things, among others, is hair. Now, um, there are some differences between hair and fur. And I know this might, but let's talk about the differences between hair and fur. One of the differences between hair and fur is that fur only grows to a certain length. Um, theoretically, hair uh, can grow inde indefinitely, you know, unless your genes just, you know, have you as this like short-haired person. But your hair just keeps growing. There's, there's no barber shops in nature. You will notice there's no, there's no beauty salons in nature because the length of fur is fixed in animals. Um, uh, one lion's mane might be shaggier or slightly longer than another lion's mane, uh, mane uh, but you'll never see a lion whose mane drags to the ground. You'll never see this one lion who's got a longer mane. Uh, he might have a bushier one, slightly longer, but you're never going to see this lion with like dreadlocks, you know, unless, you know, he's on the cover of a Rasta CD or something. But otherwise, you'll never see a lion with like dreadlocks. Where, in fact, the word mane itself comes from the word mon, M-O-N, which is a Proto-Indo-European word, which means neck. And the inventors of the word rightly observed that it was a fur that grew primarily and not past the neck of the lion. So even a lot of these names that they use for the fur of a lion, uh, they're embedded into those is even the, the area and region where it grows exclusively and does not grow past that. Needless to say, scientists may not see hair as representing divine order, but they certainly view it as a definitive mark of the human species. For believers, the question is very simple regarding hair. If God did not exclude hair from being a defining characteristic of our species or the creature made in his image, then why should we? God made us and he made us in his image and part of that included hair. And if God didn't exclude hair as being a definitive marker of the human species, why should we? We should be the last people on planet Earth to say hair is nothing. If you believe God created the universe, if you believe God created human beings, then you should believe that hair is something. All right. So where would a modern Christian uh, get uh, an argument for hair? Let's go. First Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, who can read verses 1 through 2? And we're going to... Uh, uh, okay, verses 1 through 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is New Testament. This is not Old Testament. Uh, we're going to read... We're going to first read off the top. We're going to read verse number 2 and verse number 16. Between verses 1 and 16 is the Apostle Paul's... Uh, 
discourse on the issue of hair and its significance in the life of New Testament. Everyone say New Testament. New Testament. Of New Testament believers. So let's start off at the beginning, verse number one and two. Uh, Brother Willoughby. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. All right. What does he say? Keep the what? Ordinances. Keep the ordinances. So the first thing, the first, the first thing we have to realize is that here in verse number two, the Apostle Paul is letting us know this is not something that you stop doing. You keep the ordinances. Everyone say, keep the ordinances. Keep the ordinances. So the Apostle Paul here states, you know, a lot of people, why is this significant? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people will tell you this does not apply to us anymore. Da, 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 da. That was, uh, there's a very popular argument that says that this whole teaching on here was exclusive to the Corinthians. Uh, and as we will read later, the Apostle Paul talks about hair being significant because of angels, because of God, uh, because of male and female gender distinctions. Right. These are all things that exceed and go way past uh, geographic locations. Right. He is regarding, he is talking about eternal divine things, all right? But here he says, keep the ordinances, meaning keep doing this. Do not stop doing this. This is never supposed to end, all right? I want you to go down to verse number 16. Who can read, who has the, uh, 16, uh, Brotherhood? 1 Corinthians eleven sixteen. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom either in the churches of God. All right. So we read the first verse, which uh, says the first where he opens up, he says, keep the ordinances. And then as we go to the end where he talked, where he's done talking about hair, he says, uh, if uh, if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom. This verse has confused a lot of people. But just using the King James Version, uh, here's what he is saying. He's saying, if you have the custom of being contentious, we're not doing that around here. Listen to how it reads in the uh, CEV. Uh, it says, this is how things are done in all. Everyone say all. This is how things are done in all of God's churches. And that's why none of you should argue about what I have said. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. It says it this way. Now, if anyone is disposed to be argumentative and contentious about this, what is the this? The issue of hair. If any of you is disposed to be argumentative and contentious about this, we hold and recognize no other custom in worship than this. Nor do the churches of God. Nor do the church. So the Apostle Paul said, this whole deal about hair, this is not about Corinth. This is about worship. This is a form of worship. When we think of worship, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times we think of like, you know, singing and clapping. That is only one dimension of worship. Lifestyle is a form of worship. We worship God in lifestyle. And, and the Apostle Paul says, this issue about hair, this is not about Corinth. This is not about this, that, or this. this is about worship. And he says, if you want to debate this, if you want to argue this, uh, we're not going to do that. Amen. Praise God. All right. We're doing all right over there. Hallelujah. Okay. So now uh, I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 16 very quickly. Um, and then I'm going to go back to it. Uh, but 
Uh, here we go. But ye fall, uh, be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is in the image of and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. But all things are of God. Judging yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given her for a covering. What's given to her? Hair. What's given to her? Hair. A veil? No. no, her hair. Her hair is her covering. For her hair is given her for a covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, <laughs> neither the churches of God. So here in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, we're going to break it down like this. There are two coverings that the Apostle Paul is talking about. Covering number one is the man's covering. Covering number two is the woman's covering. Let's talk about the man's covering. The man's covering is addressed, and this will actually be uploaded on our SoundCloud so you can go back and listen to this again. But uh, the man's covering, you're going to find it in verses 3, 4, 7, and 14. So let's start off with verse number 3. Who can read verse number 3 for me? Amen. Uh, Brother Hood. If you... But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. All right. So the first covering that man, and here the word man is actually speaking in the gender specific. It's not applying to humanity. But here the Apostle Paul tells you who the head of man is. Now, we were discussing this earlier. The word head here, he is not referring to your, the skull. Uh, you know, he is, he, like we were talking about the head of the household, the head of the company. The head. So he is saying, here is man's covering. Here is man's headship. Here is where man, a man gets his authority from, his, his orders. He gets it from where? From Christ. The head of man is Christ. So... And as we've already read, the Apostle Paul says that long hair is what? It's a covering. Everyone say long hair is a covering. Long hair is a covering. Long hair is a covering. So the Apostle Paul says it is a shame for a man to have long hair. Why is it a shame? Because he is covering his head. Who is his head? Christ. He is covering. He is covering God. He's. 
He's almost blotting God out. He's saying, I am going to grow my hair out. I'm going to grow my hair out. And I'm not acknowledging Christ. I'm not acknowledging God as the authority in my life. I'm covering my head. And you can even see in the United States, you go back. This is why we have the custom of taking our hats off. We don't pray with our heads covered. We still, we practice that here in the United States. We take our hats off. We, you know, because we're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging, right? Think about what you do. Just if, if you know nothing else, think about what you do when you take your hat off as a man to pledge allegiance. What are you actually doing? You are acknowledging a power greater than you. That's what you're doing. You're saying there's something bigger in life than me, be it my service to my country, uh, my president, my whatever. I am acknowledging that I'm not the big shot. I'm not the big wig. There is a power, authority, a structure, uh, uh, whatever. Now, I would tell you probably early Americans genuinely understood what they were doing when they right. took their hats off. Right. They were probably not just pledging allegiance to a country. They were pledging allegiance to a God and saying, I recognize as a man that I am. I may be the head of my house, but I'm not the head of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm under divine authority. And so in verse 4, uh, in verse 4, uh, he says, this means that any man who prays or prophesies with something on his head brings shame to his head. Right. I, I, I told, I, we were discussing this today. I told somebody today, whether you are Christian or not, God's perspective is that he is the head of your life. He should be the head of your life. Whether you are Christian or not is irrelevant. Uh, God is the head honcho, whether you like it or not. You know, you, you, and I, you know I, I'm not trying to get political here. I promise you, I would apply this to any president. But, you know, we just had the whole presidency and people saying, he's not my president. You don't get to choose whether he's your president. He's your, he's your president whether you like it or not. I didn't, I, you know, Barack Obama was my president. I could sit here and deny that if I want to, but he was my president. He, I, I know he was my president because it shows up on my, on my medical uh, bills. Amen. Hallelujah. It shows up on my medical insurance. He was my president. I, it doesn't matter. His, his presidency affects you. You, we are not, you know, you, we can do whatever we want to deny things. That man is your president. Um, so God is the head of human. He is the head of man. And when you cover your head, you're saying, and, and you'll understand in a few seconds, this is a big deal for you to cover your head. Now, the Apostle Paul says that long hair is a covering. So when the way a man would cover his head is not just with the hat, but by growing his hair out. And uh, that man is, is, the Bible says in verse number four, it is a shame for that man to cover his head. Um, I've heard people say, well, that, you know, that word shame there is no different than the word shame. Like, oh, it's a shame that the air conditioning is not working. That is not true. That the word shame there is a lot more serious than that. It's not just, you know, we would, we throw around English words today like they're nothing. And we've probably dumbed down the word shame uh, from the way most people have understood it historically, but he is not saying, oh, it's a shame. Like, it's a shame that, the, that these Christmas lights are blue instead of red. That is not what he is saying. He is saying this is disgraceful. This is, uh, this is uh, an affront to divine order. Um, but let's move on. So the man's covering. Um, verse number seven. Uh, who could read verse number seven for me? But the woman is the glory of 
All right. So here he goes on to say something really interesting. He says, so this is the shame is for the man to cover his head. And then he gives the reasoning as to why a man should not cover his head. This is great. He says, why? Because man is made in the image of God. This is why you do not cover your head with long hair, uh, uh, because we are made in God's image. Uh, we, are, we are acknowledging that image. Um, and I, I was going to actually go a little bit deeper into this. I have, most of you have probably ever been to my mom's house. I could probably turn my laptop around and show it to you. Uh, but when I was real little, I had long hair. They didn't cut my hair until I was about, you know, maybe five, six. I had hair to my waist. I mean, I, they just never cut my hair. And um, uh, it was not good. You, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, yeah, I looked like a little girl. And uh, I was constantly being called a little girl uh, all the time. You know, here I am, this little kid. My hair was kind of blonde. I had big green eyes. And everyone just thought I was this little girl. And, you know, God's image is definitive. It's distinct. It's, it's you know it. It is God's image. And when we talk about God's image around here, we are not just talking. We, we don't say, oh, look, look in the mirror. You're looking at God. God has... You know, hence, no, no, no. When we talk about God's image, we're talking about an emotional, uh, spiritual core that is defined. It is, there's, it's God. You know, it's not like when a man covers his head, it's like, what is that? It's, it's, you are now shaming the image of God. You are messing with the image of God. All right, let's keep, let's keep going. Um, verse number 14. Remember, uh, as far as the Apostle Paul is concerned, these are ordinances that we keep. And last but not least, we don't argue about this. We don't argue about this. All right. Verse number 14. Who wants to take a stab at it? Uh, doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. All right. So uh, last but not least, verse number 14. Uh, doth not even nature itself teach you. Uh, another version says... Uh, is it, is it, isn't it unnatural and disgraceful for men to have long hair? So uh, I will give you even what most commentaries have to say about this verse. The word uh, doth not nature, that phrase doth not nature is actually not referring to nature itself as in the sense of like birds, uh, you know, beasts, uh, fish. It's not talking about that because in reality, uh, there is nothing in nature that teaches us that. What he is actually there, the word uh, doth not nature, that phrasing there, he means cu customs and cultures. So here's the real interesting thing. And I'm sure there are, there, there's no doubt there are, there are exceptions to the rule. But um, what the Apostle Paul here is saying is, hey guys, if you were to travel three times around the world or whatever, a hundred times around the world, you would find that in most cultures, there's this universal understanding that men have short hair and women do not. Women have long hair. And this is, this is without them going through Bible study. This is without them being Christian. This is without them. This is, this is common is what he's really saying. This is common. Um, and so he's saying, Doth not, don't these common norms just teach us this? Yeah. All right. So um, praise God. That's, that, that's the man's covering. All right, let's, uh, let's go on to the woman's covering. And if you want to write these down, great. So the woman's covering is discussed in verses 3, 
5, 6, and 15. All right? So uh, who can read verse 3 for me? We already read it once, but let's read it again. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Her first covering uh, is her husband, or man, right? Um, And here it is speaking in gender specifics. So uh, the first covering is man. The second covering is her hair, as we'll read about in a few minutes. But the woman, her first covering is her husband. And uh, the second covering is going to be her long hair. Uh, Look at verse number five. Who Who could read verse number five for me? But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all as one if she were shaven. All right. So here the Apostle Paul now says, any woman praying or prophesying. Notice, notice, he, notice what he didn't say. Any woman traveling outside of Corinth. Right. You know, or any woman in Corinth. Now he is speaking in spiritual terms. He says, any woman entering into a spiritual dynamic with her head uncovered, right? It, it is a shame. Uh, uh, any woman praying or prophesying without uh, this version I have here says without something, but, uh, but he goes on to explain what that something is. He says, but any woman entering into that, that, that spiritual dynamic without her head covered, right? What is she doing? She is dishonoring her head. She is, she is, it is a shame. She, essentially what that woman is saying is, I don't answer to anybody. And, and here's the deal. And we're going to get into this because this is important. This is something that always comes up in this conversation. This woman is saying, I don't, I don't answer to nobody. Well, guess what? God won't even receive a man who doesn't answer to nobody. Remember the centurion soldier who said this? I'm a man of authority and I know what it is to be a covering, to be the head over other people and send them out. And it happens. You just speak the word. So Jesus won't even, Jesus himself would not accept people who are like, man, I'm here of my own accord. I am my own head. And uh, uh, if you're your own head, I guess that makes you a big head. But uh, uh, God's not having that. God, God, and I'm telling you right now, in spiritual dynamics, in spiritual dynamics, being under authority is your most powerful weapon. Amen. At the end of the day, um, when, you know, and you, you hear people make all these like funny jokes about like holy hair and da, 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 da. let me tell you something. Uh, put all that aside. Scratch all that aside. I am telling you, if, if you have obeyed God's commandments uh, from A to Z, whatever they are, if you, you ought to pray with all confidence. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, it doesn't matter which commandments we're talking about. If you have subjected yourself in authority to God, and every time you pray, you ought to bring that up. You ought to, you ought to know, I have every right to be before the throne room of God right now. And I, God, I've obeyed your word. I've been under authority. I've been subject. I'm not, I'm not rebellious. I'm not, I'm here. I'm, 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 sub, I'm, I'm subjected. I'm submissive. I'm not a rebel. Uh, I'm not here to tell you what you're going to do for me. Uh, I'm praying with all confidence. Um, So hallelujah. But let's uh, watch this. Uh, Verse number uh, six tells us what that something is. A woman should wear something on her head. Somebody's going to come back uh, behind me. I'll I'll need this reread. A woman should wear something on her head 
it is a disgrace for a woman to shave her head or to cut her hair. But if she refuses to wear something on her head, let her cut off her hair. Yeah. Who could read six for me in KJV? For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. And uh, I think, does he go on to say, for it were uh, all together as if she were... Yeah, for a... Oh, I think that's not the man. The woman? But the woman is the glory of man, yeah. Yeah. So here he says, if a woman refuses to have her head covered, uh, and we're going to find out what the covering is. We know what it is, but we're going to talk about it. If a woman refuses to be covered, she might as well... He's saying, if you refuse to be covered, you might as well have a buzz cut. Right. For example, Brotherhood is about to get married. And you know what he told his father-in-law? Can I have your wife's hand in marriage? He was not asking for the girl's hand. Right. He, he actually wants the whole girl, right? He doesn't just want the hand, right? So, but, but yeah, that the Apostle Paul is in a, in a weird way touching on that concept that, that the, the part affects the whole. Right? And, and this, is why, this is why you see this all throughout the Bible is this concept of the part affects the whole. Where it talks about like, um, here's the greatest commandment, to love your neighbor. And, and, and that one is like the other one, to love God. And even Jesus says, and all the commandments hang on this. You, get, you ask for this, you get the whole thing. And the Apostle Paul says, well, okay, uh, man, if you're going to cut the tips, cut the whole thing. Because, because if it's a shame... And it represents authority. So you're saying, this is, do you understand? Do we understand? God wants, God, there, there, God says you will love me with some of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your heart, with all of your, I like the way, uh, uh, what's it, Alan Keyes. I like the way Alan Keyes said it in a debate one time. He said, he said, God said that we ought to love him with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. He said, there's nothing left over. That's that you ought to love God so there's nothing left over. You give God everything. You give God everything. But when you say, oh, I'm going to cut the tips or I'm going to do this or that, you're saying, well, here's this part of authority. I'm not going to like, I, I'm not, you know, I believe in authority, but not this part of authority. Listen, if you say, look at it this way. If you say, you know what? I'm a law abiding citizen. I don't steal cars. I do steal candy bars, though. Guess what? The guy who doesn't steal cars and the guy who's got a thing for stealing candy bars will one day meet in the same jail cell. All right? So we're going to do the whole enchilada. We're not going to just ask. We, we're not going to just tell God what parts we're accepting, which ones. We're taking the whole thing. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's... Uh, let's uh, Verse 15, I'm going to read this to you in another version, but somebody uh, give me a King James Version very quickly. But if a woman have long hair, it is her glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covenant. All right. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her because her hair is given to her for a what? There is the something, that long hair. All right, but check this out. Here's another uh, version. It says, but long hair is a beautiful way, is a beautiful way for a woman to cover her head. 
I think long hair is a beautiful way for a woman to cover her head. Um, and we're going to talk about, this is a very, I'm going to come back here in a second and make a very important uh, point. You know, I think to be subjected to wear something on your head, um, I, don't, I don't know how beautiful that is in my opinion. Uh, it, to be told, like, you got to wear this, this thing on your head. Um, I think the most beautiful way is for a woman of her own accord, of her own will, of her own submission to God, say, you know what? Here's the beautiful way. God gave me hair. Like, this is what God has given me. And God says that I should not cut this hair. And, uh, and so I am going to let this hair grow. I'm not going to trim the ends. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to let this hair grow. And this is my beautiful way. Um, we can all think of religions where women are subjected. And we're not just talking about uh, Christianity now, where women have to wear certain things. I don't think that's beautiful. I don't think it's beautiful to have anything like you're forced to wrap something around your head. In fact, I guarantee you, no woman came up with that. <laughs> this is a beautiful way to cover your head. Yeah. It is the most natural way to cover your head. It's just leave your hair alone. Can, can you say amen? amen? Amen. I know this is, might sound very archaic to some people, but this is good. This is what the Bible says. And there's no arguing. So, uh, and here we go. Uh, verse number 11 and 12. Uh, who could read those for me? Verse 11 and 12, and then we're wrapping this up. Verse 11 and 12. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. But all things are of God. All right. So, and here's, here's our closing, and perhaps this is the most important point I can make. When you do start talking about this in a modern context, a lot of, a lot of uh, feelings start getting stirred up because some people are like, well, okay, so you're telling me that I'm having this long hair to, as a woman, you know, to show that I'm like subjected to men, you know, that like there's men over my life and, you know, I'm a free thinking woman. That's fine. Uh, but, but listen to what the Apostle Paul says. I'm going to read to you another version, uh, but catch this. This is beautiful. As far as the Lord is concerned, Men and women need each other. It is true that the first woman came from a man, but all other men have been given birth by women. Yet God is the one who created everything. And so here's this, here's this what seems like an imbalance, like, oh, you know, man is the head of women. And the Apostle Paul actually tackles the feelings that might arise. And he says, but... Guys, just remember, yes, you are the head of woman, but remember, you wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for your mother. Like, you can't have, you wouldn't even be around if it wasn't for women. Yes. And there's this, that's really a beautiful, and this is why he finishes off, and he's like, God created everything. So nobody get too haughty about this. Nobody, as far as the Lord is concerned, Men and women need each other. So he says, as far as God is concerned, man, we need women, women need men. You know, a marriage is a party of two. (laughs) And so there's no way, you know, 
you can't have like a majority vote in a marriage because <laughs> there's only two people. And, and so what does that mean? That there are times, and there's even Bible for this, there's times uh, Abraham, Abraham would have ruined his life had he not listened to his wife. God had to tell him, listen to Sarah. God had to tell Hagar, listen to Sarah. And, and, and Abraham was a mighty man. Everybody was subject to Abraham. It's this, it's this equilibrium. Nobody is, nobody is nobody else's dictator. You get what I'm saying? And, 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 and the Apostle Paul says, just remember this. God is the one who created everyone. God is the one who created everything. And so here is the balance. There's no need for anybody to be like, hey, woman, that long hair right there tells you who's in charge. 